Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast. It's good to have you. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to do my best to answer the questions that you're actually asking. Before we jump in, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Come on, let's get started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mike Signorelli Podcast, and I am personally pumped up right now because I've got one of my faves on for an episode. It's going to be a great time. You want to make sure to lock in for the whole duration of this one because my man Samuel Duth is about to drop some gold. Um, so welcome to the podcast. Where are, you, uh, where are you joining us from right now? Dude, thank you so much. <laughs> Honored to be on the show and excited for the next few minutes. I am coming in from uh, from deep San Diego, um, and so just loving loving life. And uh, it works out good that my name initials and my city initials uh, team up very nicely. So represent. <laughs> had to be the Lord. It was. It had to be the Lord. Any confirmation you needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if God leads you, I mean, if you go to a city that don't match your personal initials. I mean, are you even following the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I really need to evaluate my New York City decision. I'm like, oh man, I, maybe we'll birth a kid and, and name him or something. I don't know. And but um, yeah, you know what? Let's do this for those who are listening and maybe don't know who you are. I mean, you you do so many different things, but you're an incredible communicator. Um, you're an author. And you're a husband, a father. I mean, to maybe tell them just briefly, like, you know, kind of what you do. Yeah, besides being your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, uh, life is fun, isn't it? And, and so many, we all have so many different facets and things that we get involved in and are connected to. So, yeah, I have the privilege of doing a lot of stuff. First, first off, being a husband, going on six. 16 years yeah yeah so you know having having fun you know and honestly we're in the best years of our marriage yet come on and you know marriage that, that's another podcast for another day but <laughs> yeah you know, you know building a great marriage and, and actually having fun together and on the distance so my wife katie uh, it's just absolutely the best and then I have two little girls who aren't getting, aren't so little anymore. Mm. Uh, they're seven, uh, about to be eight, and just turned ten. So Mercedes just turned ten, the big double digits. Yeah, yeah. Big season in our house. And uh, and then um, uh, Kenzie is my second, and she is about to be eight. So we're having fun, loving, loving life, doing the doing the, the girl dad thing, and. Absolutely loving it every moment. Of yeah, it. and then uh, yeah, just down here in San Diego, so life life isn't bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, God called me to San Diego. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, most people don't buy that very well. Tell the Lord led me from Seattle out of the rain to San Diego. Yeah. Say you're called to do that. <laughs> but it, it, that was that's a story in and of itself, you know, maybe we'll get into. But um, yeah, down here in San Diego, a part of uh, the team, serving pastoral team at a great church called C3 Church with Pastor Ian and Tessius. And then did the chance to travel and serve churches all over the place, building, yeah. encouraging. And you know, from you know, preaching and ministry type of scenarios, as well as 
kind of serving a variety of resourcing, training, developing, coaching stuff, which is so fun, mm-hmm. uh, getting to serve uh, many churches, uh, teaming up with churches like yourself yeah. as well, and uh, through a few resources, one being the, the following Jesus book, which we will jump into, but just helping with discipleship. So yeah. it's, it's so fun. My life has become more and more drilled into that emphasis, which isn't bad because it's kind of the Great Commission, so it's all right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Did I just straight up reach out to you one day? Did I stalk you? Was it like a cyber stalking kind of moment? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, we must have just kind of crossed social media paths. I think is what happened. I think that's what it was. Blowing up New York. Or did we have a mutual friend in the Midwest who connected with my man? You may, yeah, I think that was it because, you know, V1 Church's story is like we dropped into New York City Metro. We launched our first location on Long Island, you know, then, and, and it's almost all primarily new believers, like first generation Christians. Uh, and then we launched our second location and through all that, we're like, man, we need a resource. And then I just saw this like super vibey black matte colored book that I was like, man, look at this. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking at this book and I'm like, that just looks legit. Like, I don't even know the, if the substance is right, but I, I, I looks like the kind of book you want to hold. <laughs> so, um, I got a hold of you and, uh. Yeah, man. So we we just started um, implementing that book, and it was like one of those, you know, there's enough meat in that book to get a good, a good firm foundation, but then it also was like small enough so that if you had to read it in a New York minute, you could. And we started like we started finding that people were enjoying it, and and then you know what's crazy? Even people who had been in the game serving the local church for years and years, we took them through the following Jesus book, and then we get to that last chapter that's like, okay, now it's your turn, go make decisions disciples and i can't tell you how many people are like oh snaps like that's part of this like i'm supposed to i'm supposed to have disciples like i thought i only pastors had disciples and and it's been a huge breakthrough moment and i was telling you before we jumped on today that i i take screenshots every time somebody from my church post up a you know a something from the book because i'm like it's just been a, a such a valuable resource. So tell me what's going through your head when you, you know, how did that happen, man? Yeah. Well, man, I, I love hearing how you guys are using it, and you guys have inspired other churches to jump on the the bandwagon as well. But you know, honestly, I think you know how most most things become. You, you're trying to solve some problem, or you you've just there's a passion. There's there's something you're excited about something you're mad about usually kind of stirs you into some some type of directive and just pastoring in the northwest for for a chunk of years and part of a great church up there and just being at the altar often with people giving them on church which is awesome uh getting them on teams which is awesome and all kinds of great stuff but i was always like man but what about just the basic intro of like okay i just said yes for following jesus now what does that mean who is he you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is this? What are enough essential, like, like just tangibles I can grab on it quick if I'm a new believer to kind of get this going? Um, and I think that's kind of maybe have been a little bit of my deal always just in life is I was like, you know, I'm not really interested in like some, you know, 
deep novel. I'm always yeah. like, okay, what do I got to know? Right. Just hit, me, hit me with a, a next step. Like, I think that's my personality. So that's kind of why when I end up kind of writing this style, it's like, okay, I want a lot of section headings, yeah. chapters, bold stuff. So like even if somebody's like, dude, I don't, I don't even like reading that much. They can skim this thing and still get something out of it. Yeah, man. Well, I think people people listening to this might think like, oh, I get it. This podcast episode is just an advertisement for the book. But you know, for me, here's the reality of it. I have people in my church that don't ever read books that come up to me excited saying, Pastor Mike, I actually read Following Jesus. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, so I think it, it's not necessarily like, oh, let's promo the book as much as it's like, if you're a leader, if you You've got people in your church that either are new to their faith, just accepted Christ, or even people like I have, like literally somebody on my worship team got her mind blown by that last chapter of the book where she realized I don't have a firm foundation because I know the cross, I know these other elements, but I don't necessarily know how to share my own faith. And they were all able to get on the same page and sync up, you know, and it's just, for me, it's been a unifying force in my church has been just that book. And it's so, so simple. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for you, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I think like you said, it, it's, it's so much more than just some kind of book plug. I think it's the bigger question of just as followers of Jesus, as believers, are we actually fulfilling what Jesus asked us to do? Come on, man. We all gonna take challenge with on an ongoing basis. He said, make disciples. And that's like one of the primary objectives was to increase, multiply, yep. fill the whole earth, you know, expand the church, expand the kingdom of God all over this place. And that that is the simple process of, okay, I received grace. I came in contact with Christ. I've learned how to live for him, and now I turn and go, who's next? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and if, as believers, if we buy into the, well, you know, faith is kind of just personal to me. I'm just, you know, it's just, I'm not really trying to, like, you know, push my faith on anybody. I just come to be to myself. That's, that's not a biblical model of um, following Jesus because we have been given such a great gift. Yeah. Literally, the freedom, the hope, the answer. Hmm. So now, um, I get the privilege of then stepping in and, and helping somebody uh, follow Jesus himself. And obviously this, we're talking about maybe in a larger church setting. This is just my personal responsibility as a Christian, not because I'm a pastor. You know, yeah. This is just what we're all called to do. And imagine the global impact that we could have at an even greater level if every believer just said, okay, I'm going to at least make one disciple. Maybe even if they said every year, I'm going to try to help somebody else learn how to follow Jesus. That's, I mean, we would just cover the earth so fast. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's funny you say that because I've been get you know, for me, as you become more institutionalized as a Christian, you know, it's like you're on the church payroll, you have your office hours, you have to preach 52 times a week or a year plus. I, I started getting convicted with the idea probably about a month ago now, like what would happen if I led or attempted to lead more people to Christ outside of V1 church than I do in the context of a Sunday morning? And because I, I was like, man, 
you know, I want to be dangerous to the devil. Like I, I want to be totally unpredictable. You know, I want him to be like anywhere that dude goes, like he doesn't need music playing behind him. You know, he does. It's, it's like, so, and it's funny because ever since I started that journey, I mainly get rejected and it's been this, it's such a healthy I mean, I say healthy because it's like all these superpowers that we have on stage when the music's behind us and the atmosphere is right and you strip all that away. You know, I live in Queens and my last apartment, my landlord came over to change a light bulb and like it was an LED light bulb for those of you listening. It was not a, I can change a light bulb, but this was like one of those LED, like, you know, you have to install (laughs) <laughs> so he came over to like, you know, reinstall this thing. And I was like, oh, he's in my lair now. Like I'm going to throw down on him. He's going to, before this is over, he's going to be weeping. And it was funny because the dude just straight up laughed at me. Like I was given, I mean, I'm a pastor of a two location, major metropolitan, you know, like where, you know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. And yet my own landlord literally just laughed at me and then was like, oh man, you're, you know, Hey, I love you though, bro. Peace. And I was like, wow, man, but it's so healthy. And I, I think once I started going on that, on that journey, it made it easier for me to relate with my own church because it was like, I'm not going to ask you guys to do something I'm not doing. Like I'm willing to be rejected. And then I started sharing stories every week that were like the anti-hype story, you know, where it was like, I got rejected by this person and this person, this person. And a lot of people from V1 were like, it's really, it's really comforting to hear you say like, just you're in it with us. And then it was weird because our church literally started growing within the last month after that. So I said all that to say, yeah, man. And and I said all that to say props for you keeping, you know, evangelism and discipleship at the forefront, because it's so easy to emulate what we see. And really we don't, there aren't viral clips of that right now. I mean, you, what goes viral is what happens on the stage. And I think what's cool about you writing your book is it really puts the light on the other side, which is so awesome, man. But, the, but something I did want to make sure we talked about is, and I love this about you, it, it's like you're kind of, you're bringing them in, new believer, foundation in Christ, but then you're also one to help someone um, steward their, their own gifting, specifically preaching, um, which, I, you know, preaching is a craft, and I'm still you know, in the game, man, every week, what the heck did I just say? Are they coming back next week? Um, all the way to, man, that was phenomenal. Why am I not TD Jakes? I don't understand why, you know, it's like it all happens in the same month. Like, so, so, so tell me a little bit about like, you know, what, what that looks like, like, how do you take people on that journey to grow in their gifting? Yeah. You you know, um, when when I was first learning how to preach, I had just a, such a gift that I w- was sort of given to me in the sense that I had a seasoned, uh, well-traveled preacher, a friend of mine, John Morgan, who he was um, overseeing kind of youth and adults. I was a junior high youth pastor, and he would oftentimes either help me develop or uh, I would develop a message, and then I would preach a first service. He'd watch it often, coach me in between and then let me loose again on it. Mm. And the amount of growth that happened in that season where I had somebody, it wasn't just, you know, someone going like, good message, good talk, <laughs> yeah. I liked it, or, you know, good good preach, pastor. And he's like, you know, it's, it's nice when you get encouragement, but 
most people can't really give you helpful feedback. Yeah. You know? And so that kind of set me on the journey, realizing, wow, what, how rare that was that I got that experience. And so then it was like, what could I do to try to provide some better support to young men and women or old men and women just who want to jump into preaching and teaching or uh, wanting to just sharpen their skills and grow? And so a lot of times, you know, if you're listening and you're in some form of preaching, teaching, a lot of this is, I mean, there's so much that can be said, but it is going, okay, how do I help get myself in a place where I actually have a healthy input into my preaching and communication? Because uh, some, there's two things. So, sometimes we just never get good inputs. So we don't have a good judge of how we're doing as far yeah. as effectiveness. But then there can be that other thing where preaching can feel a little personal, right? Yeah. So, well, I don't know if I want to open myself up. You know, well, what if... What if I ask somebody how I did and they get honest? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, what if, what if I don't like the answer, I don't like the response, you know? And then sometimes because of our pride, we don't get hurt, then we get all weird about it and go, well, yeah, that's the word of God. And that's how it was supposed to bring yeah. I mean, We get so weird in that whole space rather than realizing that, hey, we're human. So, yeah, we're trying to hear from God and get the best you know, unfiltered version of any scripture or any message God gives us. Um, but there's always going to be ways we can do it better, be more effective, um, you know, get the job done a little bit better. And I think that just needs to stay kind of a teachable spirit in any, any one of us to go, okay, um, how do I keep growing? How do I become more effective? And like you said, I mean, I, I think the first time I preached was like 20 years ago. And I still feel like I'm just learning. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. So you're always trying to learn how to best engage, connect, minister, release faith, help people take action. I mean, there's so many components of that. So that that's where preachingforward.com has got some. I started stacking videos. You're on there. Other friends, right? Who yeah. Helping to speak into this conversation of helping preachers. And, uh, and then even just just kind of kept building those teaching classes on it and different you know internship programs and so now about finishing up a book actually called preaching forward so yeah so I'm, I'm stoked on it and really really excited to not just it's not just all practical how-tos you know um, that I think even sometimes us as preachers need to lean into especially in our culture right now too that's kind of chasing platforms or notoriety or social whatever and Sometimes we just got to remember, we got to go back to the calling, we got to go back to the character, you know, side of it as, as people are leading the kingdom of God forward. Um, all of those things really, really matter. And I think they matter to the heart of God. And we got to make sure we, we're, not, we're not just communicating well, but we're living well you know, on the back end of that. Man, I love that you just said that. And see, to me, that's what makes the resources that you create so valuable because you have that other side. Because, you know, you can just teach someone how to preach and communicate well and create a monster because they have no character. And, you know, for me, it's something that I have a heart to raise up communicators and actually just, even though our church is relatively new and and whatever, I mean, I, I was looking at the just the sheer number of people that, you know, I've given an opportunity and then worked with them and 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 I thought to myself, 
ministry is one of those things, especially preaching, that can lend itself towards uh, narcissism. You know what I mean? Like the kind of person that wants to get up in front of people and say something is either super anointed or super narcissistic or both. <laughs> you know, and for me, I, I, well, I was going to say like, I, you know. That's huge. Yeah. It, well, for me, it's one of those things where and people never believe me anymore, but every time I take a personality inventory, I come up like introverted. And my default mode is I like I sweat a lot when I preach, but because it's I, I'm still nervous. Like all these years, no matter what size the audience, I've been overseas. I mean, I've had so much preaching experience, but there's something that it just violates my personality to do it. And then I, I recently took this really in depth uh, in personality inventory that literally said that I don't want the limelight. And it's funny because I've been saying that to people for years and years. Like, I'm not wired for it. I do it because it's this inside joke between me and God, and he's laughing at me um, while he's watching me struggle with it. But the reason why I even say that is because it's always scared me. Like I just give like a Lord of the Rings thing. It's like carrying that ring to Mordor and like who has the, who has the bil- the ability to carry that ring without turning crazy. And so for me, now that I'm trying to raise up other communicators, I've thought to myself, the reality is most people who come forward and have a willingness to, to get up and, and proclaim something to a group of people aren't, don't have my story. You know, it's not, a lot of the people are people who say, no, I'm charismatic. I love being around people. Um, You know, that kind of thing, which I'm like the opposite of that. So I've really tried to, almost to a fault, I sometimes emphasize too much on the character side, you know, because I'm so scared of the idea of putting some narcissistic megalomaniac in that position because we've all seen it happen, you know? So how do you guard, how do you guard against that? Or how do you guard, you know, how do you give a pastor like me, like some kind of tool or some kind of insight to like, yeah, you totally. know? Well, and I think that's such a, such a great note and point. And it kind of reminds me years back, uh, there was a, a great pastor um, out of Virginia Beach who had come and preached our church in the Northwest. And he was preaching on on pride. I know, actually, it was uh, Gary Clark out of out of London. He's preaching on you know overcoming pride and humility. And after I was chatting with him, I was like, "Oh man, that's my thing. It's pride. I got to deal with that." And he, what he said was so freeing and so true. He goes, "He goes, dude, if that's everybody's thing, he wants to do something great for God." Yeah. You know? And so, whether or not you like to speak or not. Um, usually if there's a driving you to, to change the world, to make a difference, there's going to be elements of that kind of journey that we navigate. And I think in one sense, what, what I've had to learn is when I was the young, narcissistic, prideful, kind of young buck, I didn't see myself that way. And I'm thankful that I had leaders who allowed me to grow, you know, yeah. shaped me as I went. And, but didn't just kind of shut me down because they saw that I liked the stage. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it, it is a tension, right? It's a yes. Tension. To navigate of going, 
Um, I want to I want to give them time to grow and to mature, but I also don't want to unnecessarily keep holding them back, holding them back, yep. shutting them down. I still see arrogance in you. I still see pride in you. I still see narcissism in you. Well, I think sometimes we just have to navigate, um, you know, with the Holy Spirit, especially as leaders, giving us insight into the leaders that we are developing, so we have good discernment to know, okay, is this really like some type of rebellious spirit or is this just the journey of their personality that we're working out and as long as they're with us and they're teachable yes teachability factor is huge that when you say hey man stop talking about yourself so much when you're preaching yeah you know what i mean like you just i mean illustrations is different than you just up there for 30 minutes talking how great you are at something you know what i mean like don't do that again and see how they respond or you give them an opportunity to preach, then don't let them preach for a little bit. See how they respond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt it. <laughs> you know, there's all of those things. Yeah. Right? Um, but I think I think one of the biggest things that as church leaders we just have to navigate is that the preaching gift is a calling. It is a legitimate role in the advancement of the kingdom of God. But it, it's it's sort of like the cherry on top of the ice cream sundae kind of feel. In the sense of that, when somebody's young and developing in, as in ministry or as a preacher, we want to make sure that they're also actually serving the bigger picture. Yeah. Are they discipling people? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, who, who, who are they mentoring? Who are they actually speaking into off of the stage? Yeah. Right? And I think that's a good, just constant challenge. Like you said, you took on a, a fresh lean in to say, okay, let, let me share my faith outside of the Sunday platform. Yeah. And if anyone's getting led on our platform, there should be other fruit in their life that is showing up as a follower of Christ, as a disciple maker, right? Yeah. Um, and pre preaching, yeah, then when it's built on kind of those premises a little bit more, then I, then I feel like we can have a little bit of grace for people to work out their personality. Yeah. Navigate and negotiate their narcissistic tendencies, yeah. but then, like you said, there is a handful of people. So, like my wife and I um, are the opposites of that, right? Mm. I've, I've been like charging out the stage since I was thirteen. Yeah, she's like still trying to beat it away with the stick. You know? <laughs> yeah, but the irony is, she ever wants her to do stuff because it's like it's like almost like God just knows. Like, She's pushing away, so we're going to keep having her do it. That's my wife, man. And so I think in one sense you're cautious of the people who maybe are chasing the stage. You want to make sure you can see character and fruit in their life. But don't hold back too much because nobody's ever ready. Yeah. Nobody's ever fully perfect. On the other hand, Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, insight. You know, church leaders don't just always look at the charismatic person as the premier best communicator all the time. Who, who, what other gold, what other person who would rather not have the mic is the person that should have the mic? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many like that too, and I think we're not careful. We just kind of profile one personality type as like the... the the yeah. style that we want and variance especially like you're doing if you're having putting different people up and developing different preachers and communicators 
your church is healthier when you've got a, like a teacher staff person. And then you've got that preacher, preacher. Mm-hmm. You've got somewhere in between. you got the communion. I mean, like, yeah. it's just better when you've got, you know, the, the evangelist and the theologian and the, the prophet and everybody in between. And so it's, it's healthy to have variants of personality types. So keep, just say, hey, God, help. Give me eyes to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important to have those eyes like Samuel because if you don't, you'll pick the one that looks in your in your eyes like the one. And yeah. you know, I, I I think you really helped me. You just dropped a lot of gold for everyone who's listening right now because I think there is that tension. A lot of times, and I'm speaking as a lead pastor now, you want people to come in on the level that you're currently at and not acknowledging the fact that you failed 53 times in a row to get to where you're at. You know, like for example, nowadays I'm really big into making sure that Christ is the emphasis of the whole message, you know, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament lens, like is is Jesus the hero of that message? And I listen to my my own stuff. I've, I've been going back into my own archives trying to cut up clips and stuff to feed the beast of social media that none of y'all are ever satiated by. And uh, I was listening to a couple sermons that I remember thinking they were good. Like, man, I, I felt like I crushed it and went back and I was like, that whole thing was about me. That's bogus. Like, I, you know, so even I've evolved so much that I've had to, you know, give other people that same grace that I give myself and err on the side of, yeah, I'm going to let them work it out to a certain extent, especially if they're teachable. And, you know, it's been great, man. It's been so great. And here's the thing that's sad. This went by way too fast. Like we literally already came up on on time today, but that's always a good indicator to me because it means that we're in it and it was some good stuff. Um, maybe this is just round one, <laughs> but I want to go ahead and give you the, the final word. Well, hey, honestly, again, thanks again for, you know, truly, um, I do honor you legitimately, man. Uh, you know, a lot of times, yeah, people just trying to, Build something big for God, which is just kind of do the work of reaching the city, evangelism, discipleship, all of some of the stuff we've been talking about. And I'm just encouraged when you're a church leader, maybe listening, make discipleship an emphasis. Yeah. You know, re, re dust off that concept if you're not already, and 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 lean into how we want to do that. Whatever I can do to help, I'd love to, but. Lean into discipleship in a fresh way and just go, okay, how, how are we just really at the grassroots, loving, building? Hey, and then if you're just a Christian like the rest of us, like all of us are, the question I'll be asking is, who am I discipling? Yeah. In my world, who am I helping show them how to follow Jesus, right? It's a great commission. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to obey everything, right? So that's what we do. We just helping people connect with Jesus, helping people know how to live a life of uh, freedom and hope and faith and to overcome the, the, the crap that, that we all have to face in this world. It's only, only peace is in Jesus. And so we got to keep helping lead people back to that. I love it. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. As you were talking, I had this thought. It's like the more advanced I get, the more basic I become. And, and I thought to, one day I was riding on the train with Evan, who works for the church, and I said, Evan, if 35 years from now we can say that we preach the gospel every single time we preached, 
it was job well done. You know, people get weird. They get into the fringe stuff. They get away from that. And it's like the advanced class is who are you discipling? It just comes back to that. And while you were saying that, I was like, man, I cherish that message, man. So thank you so much. Uh, listen, everyone who uh, has gotten anything out of this, you need to share it. You need to tag some friends, subscribe, give me five stars, leave a comment. And uh, I'm just so excited about the idea of some of you guys grabbing following Jesus, making sure you have that firm foundation, some of you stepping out into bold territories to try to evangelize and tell somebody about Jesus. Get it, get rejected as much as I do, and maybe you'll get some good stories of when people do say yes. And and I'm living for the yes, but I'm willing to take the no's. And um, you know, props for giving me some time all the way from the big SD and <laughs> uh, here in New York City. I'm on Long Island right now. Uh, This is Mike Signorelli. I'm out. We'll see you guys next episode. If this episode helped you in any way, visit MikeSignorelli.com and sign up to receive encouragement and resources directly to your inbox. I'll see you over there and I'll see you next episode.